señoras y señores! What's going on, everyone? Welcome on into Oi Philly Sports. It is the show where we follow everything that has to do with Philadelphia sports. And of course, I'm your host, El Parcero Philly, the United of All Things Sports and Culture here in the beautiful city of Philadelphia. What's up, YouTube? What's up, Twitch? What's up, Twitter? And of course, what is going on, TikTok? Guys, it's been too long. It has been too long. Uh, I really appreciate you guys tuning on in here today to Oi Sports. No matter where it is you guys are checking this out, seriously, thank you so much. We're just trying to grow here. We're just trying to get a Philadelphia sports community here together, talking about Philly sports, getting our passion out there without being a little too wild, crazy and wild. Because we know here in Philadelphia, we're a little bit known for that type of stuff, right? Today is Tuesday, October 5th, 2021, and although it looks ugly outside, I'm here to say it's actually a beautiful day. It is it's always a beautiful day. And of course, we're rocking. We are. Uh, this is the, the debut of the Flyers microphone uh, uh, sleeve, I guess. I don't know what, what we call these. If you work in the audio industry, let me know what these are called. I have a bunch of them upstairs, and I got ones for the Eagles, the Phillies, the Flyers, the Union, and the Sixers. Uh, this is the Flyers one, so this is the debut. So you guys let me know how you guys feel about it. And if you are a Flyers fan, let's go Flyers, right? Uh, of course, we'll talk about that today. Uh, they had preseason last night and tonight, a busy night, busy two nights for the Philadelphia Flyers. We got some Sixers preseason talk. We uh, we haven't talked since, the, well, we, we did talk about the Eagles. Uh, if you guys watched the Philly Sports Show with the Philly Sports Guy, you guys heard a lot of my thoughts. We're going we're gonna to recap well, what, some of the stuff that I said yesterday on the Philly Sports Show, or I'm sorry. We're back to the birds breakdown. <laughs> Everything I said on the birds breakdown yesterday, we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're going to recap what I thought about this Sunday uh, afternoon game against the Kansas City Chiefs, lost by our Eagles. I know it's, it's looking damp here in, in Eagles land, but some things to look, some things to look forward to, some things to look forward to. Of course, we're going to look at the Union as well as they beat the Columbus Crew, the best performance by the Philadelphia Union in 2021. I saw on Sunday, so we'll talk about that. Uh, and of course, I want to talk about the closing uh, press conference today with the Phillies. I know, I know, we don't want to talk about Phils. I get it. You guys want to talk about Phils, but, but, big but, very interesting things that Bryce Harper said today, and I want to get to that as well. And of course, I want to get to you guys' comments and questions and concerns. So, guys, if you're on TikTok, let me know your comments and your questions. I will be going back and forth with that. And of course, if you're on here on YouTube and Twitter. Ask those questions, ask those comments. I will be answering those as well. Yeah, I want to hear from you guys. I want to get that dialogue going. I want to talk to you guys. So we'll definitely we'll definitely keep that in rotation as well. Before we dive into the business, guys, I want to take care of some other business. Uh, guys, if you're watching this live on El Parcero Philly's YouTube channel, please do me that solid and hit that like button and subscribe to the channel uh, for all things Philly sports. We keep it on there. And of course, guys, if you, are, if you listen to podcasts, you have a, a rotation of podcasts like myself. Please do me that favor and do me that solid and consider adding El, Par uh, El Parcero Philly. Yes, Oi and Philly Sports to your rotation of podcasts. A little uh, a rating and a subscription. Subscribe or subscription, yes, would do. Would uh, really mean the world to me. Let's get to some of these uh, comments already. We'll go back and forth after each segment. Uh, Mason Mason Fernandez. I love that last name. Cool, Don Fernandez. What's going on, my man? How you doing? That's, that's right. That's right. Fly, Eagles, fly. I got the Super Bowl T-shirt here. Uh, I, I feel like I should retire it, but I think I need to buy a new Eagles t-shirt before I retire this one. I, I, I just, I whole fan base. I think it's time to put the Super Bowl. The memories will never go away. That's something that'll never go away. But I do think that we need to stop alluding and going back to the Super Bowl because I'm ready for another one. I want another Super Bowl. Obviously, it's probably not going to happen today, but what's up, Mason? How you doing, man? Uh, Carson Zach, 
What do you think about Ben? Do you still want him or no? Carson, if you are patient with me, my man, I have a segment prepared already for Ben Simmons and the Sixers, as well as yesterday's preseason game against the Toronto Raptors. If you are patient with me, Carson, I will talk about that, and I'll give you my full thoughts on what is going on with Ben Simmons, my man. Appreciate you checking on him, brother. Appreciate that, brother. Uh, Philly Preston's in the building. What's up, Philly Preston? He's still filled up. I love it. He's still got love for the Phillies. Uh, Harper MVP or Tatis? Of course, I'm going to go Bryce Harper, man. Of course, I'm going to go Bryce Harper. The numbers speak for itself. I know he did not get, make the playoffs, but I know that Fernando Tatis. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised to decide to give it to Austin Riley, honestly. I thought he had himself a great uh, ending to the season. The numbers speak for itself as well. And uh, the Braves actually did win their third division. So I would definitely give it to him, man. Uh, hey, man, how do, you, how do we feel about the Eagles losing in, in three in a row? Um, I'm not feeling as bad as you probably would think I would feel. But, of course, we're about to talk about the Eagles, so I will let you know how you feel about that. Philly Preston, I appreciate you for sharing this out, guys. Share this out to everyone you know. Let them know about this crazy Philly sports show called Owen Philly Sports. This man is absolutely wild. This man this man needs to be, be tamed, man. He needs to be tamed. <laughs> What's up, Dylan? How you doing, man? He's, yeah, Dylan, how you like it, man? I got the Flyers sock on, brother. Let's go Flyers. I'm ready, man. I'm ready. We got Chase in the building. Dang, I missed it. <laughs> Was that water polo? But I watched it three times, but not, not life, not live. Ah, oh, Chase, no worries, man. I, I I do apologize about that. We had to get that episode in with the, at the time that we did. Um, but you can definitely rewatch it again like you did. You can definitely listen to it as well. I'm a little bit jealous. I would love to play some water polo. That sounds actually a lot like a lot of fun. But what is going on, Chase? How you doing, man? Oh, yeah, Dylan's getting excited about the Flyers. We're going to talk about that all, all. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit, Dylan. But I love it, man. Keep it coming. Keep it coming, my man. Keep it coming. Uh, but let's get right into it, guys, right? So um, I want to start off today by looking at our NFL picks. If you guys are new to the segment every week ahead of the NFL um, games, I give you guys predictions of what is going to happen in these NFL games. And I want to kind of recap what I thought uh, or the, what I did. So last week we went 10 and 6 in the debut of the segment here on Oin Philly Sports. Let's see if we can be if we can become better or stay the same, but as long as we can get a keep a winning record, right? So let's go. Obviously, we already did Cincinnati. Um, I predicted that one correctly. Uh the football team versus the Falcons. Uh, I, this was close, and honestly, it, it could have gone the other way, but the football team prevailed and were able to get a W there. So that means I got a W there as well. So the football team, uh, uh, actually, the football team actually jumped us in the standings now in the in the NFC East. They are now in second place, while we are tied for third with the New York Football Giants. Um, Baltimore, I'm sorry, Houston and Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo absolutely destroyed the Texans, and I did not expect them to put a 40 whopper and and put and, the, and for for the Texans to put up a big zilch on the scoreboard, but. I won that one, and that brings me now to 3-0. Bears and Lions, this is my first loss here. Shout out to the Bears. They actually played inspired. Justin Fields looked a little bit better, and it was all a naggy, honestly, who uh, called a good game. And unfortunately, I predicted that wrong. I just thought that. I thought that Campbell, Dan Campbell and Co. would get their first win there. You know, and they're still waiting for that first win. But I there's my first loss there. Dallas and Carolina, as much as I wanted to get this one wrong, the Dallas Cowboys did win, and I got that one correct. And that and now brings me up to four and one. 
The Colts versus the Dolphins. Jacoby Brissett put together a solid performance, but it wasn't good enough. And the Colts won. That gives Carson Wentz his first win, and that gives me another win in my weekly predictions. The Browns and the Vikings, one of the more boring games of the week. Uh, 14-7 final score, but that doesn't matter because I'll take it because I won that one. The Giants and the Saints. The Saints could not do us any favors here. And they would give the New York Giants a win over time. What the hell, New Orleans? What the hell? What the heck is that crap? So I got another loss there. Uh, Tennessee and the Jets, the upset of the week. I think we all got this one wrong. If you guys predicted this right, kudos to you. But the Jets did win in overtime on a field goal. I don't know what the heck happened. I heard there was no Julio Jones or A.J. Brown for the Titans. So that makes it definitely definitely difficult when you put eight in the box. It kind of stopped there. Kind of there's not much other stuff that you can do. So I'll take that L. You know, I think we all took that L there. Um, the Cardinals and the Rams, I predicted that one correctly. The Cardinals making a statement that the NFC West is going to be theirs, that they, they at least won it, and that was a big win for them. The Seahawks and the Niners, uh, another one I predicted right, and a good bounce-back win for the, for the Seahawks. And for the Niners, getting back down to earth after uh, a couple wins early in the season, and they are, I believe now, 2-2, two and 2-2 two, two and two on the season. They're a 500 club. Baltimore and Denver. Baltimore gives the Broncos another um, another victory. I'm sorry. They give the, the the Broncos their first loss of the season, uh, 23 to seven, um, and that gives me another victory. And I just I just saw it, man. I just feel like the 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 Broncos just do not have enough, and they're actually losing some bodies. So that's definitely big there for them. Um, the Packers and the Stellar. I picked the the Packers to win, and I got that one correctly. The Chargers and the Raiders. Um, wow. Okay. Well, first off, I predicted I missed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I predicted Tampa Bay to win their shouts. Shouts to, you know, I want to give New England some credit because I felt like the, the New England Patriots uh, and the New England fan base, they actually were, were classy. They showed love to Tom Brady. And I, I, I had a part of me just because I know how Boston fans are. You can say what you want, Boston fans. Um, but I just had a little hunch that they would boo him a little bit because he left, which you shouldn't. You just flat out shouldn't. He's the best quarterback in your franchise history. He brought you guys six Super Bowls. He brought you guys relevancy because before Tom Brady, and I know some of you guys don't know this, but the Patriots were a joke. They were an absolute joke before the Tom Brady days. They had a nice run with Drew Bledsoe and, and uh, the, obviously the 85 year when they made the Super Bowl, but nah, it, it was not much there. Um, and then the Raiders and the Chargers, uh, I was that was a little bit shocking to me. Uh, but that's a really good statement win for the Chargers. I know the Raiders took over that stadium. They took over SoFi. We know that there's a big Raiders contingency in Los Angeles. But for the Chargers, who obviously the Raiders outfanned them in that game, the Raiders were undefeated, and the Chargers got a big W. The Chargers look legit this season. And shouts to the Chargers with the Philadelphia Union Buy you uniforms, the blue tops, the yellow bottoms. It's a good look. It's a it's a it's a clean look, and uh, the I'll take that L there. Shouts to the Chargers. They definitely deserve that. So this is a good week for me. One and oh, two and oh, three and oh, three and one, four and one, five and one, six and one, six and two, six and three, seven and three, eight and three, nine and three, ten and three, ten and four, eleven and four. Why am I missing one? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Why am I missing? Well, uh, oh, that's right. 
because the Eagles and the Chiefs, why I'm missing one, I got that one correctly. So that gets me to 12 and four on the week. So we went 10 and six last week. We went 12 and four this week. My predictions look good. You guys let me know how you guys went with your predictions this past week. Um, and we're going to do this again this upcoming Thursday. We'll start with Thursday night football. Um, and we'll and uh, we'll see how I go. Maybe I'll maybe I'll go 13 and three next week. Hopefully, hopefully. And uh, RIP to the notebook. We are done with yet again another notebook. And that is the last of that one. I'm just running through these notebooks. And now we're at I got a nice blue one. Now. Look at that. It's Sixers blue. How can you hate that? How can you hate that? So shout shouts to shouts to these notebooks. Shouts to these notebooks. Uh, what you guys got here? Um, uh, we got here. Why don't we run the ball? Twenty average. Ah, that's a great question, man. I, I wish I. That's a question that I don't think anyone has. It, it's. I've had my theories. I think it's from above. I think it's from the front office above, but we really just don't know. It's all speculation at this point. Uh, but of course, we'll talk about that in a little bit as we're going to start the Eagles segment in just a second after I get through these comments. Do you think we need to give uh, Sanders more? I'll talk about that in a second. I have a whole segment about the running game. I'm not an Eagles fan, but I kind of wanted to brag a little. Sorry, and I'm not a Cowboys fan. I'm a Giants fan. Um, Chris, I, I don't get that culture, to be honest with you, but you do what you want, man. Whatever makes you happy. That's what, that's what I always say, man. Um, Aston, uh, Allen, 1313 free, <laughs> free miles. That is funny. Uh, you think Diggs is a top 10 corner? Uh, he's creeping in there. Have you seen the guy performances? He's been a top. He's been playing like a top 10 corner. I'm not going to put him in a top 10 yet. Cause I think he needs a little bit more, uh, work in to be put into that category, but I, I'm going to give him credit. He's been balling out this year. I mean, we saw him firsthand on Monday night football. He actually shut down Devontae Smith. Now, Devontae's a rookie receiver, and Devontae still has developed to do. Uh, but, man, that, that was a good performance from what I saw. So he's definitely going to be in the time by the season's end. Uh, Devin Colbeck, who should I start? Sanders, I have I have in uh, on two. Ro- You're at two. Fa- I don't, dude. All right, if you want to do fantasy football, that's, that's completely on you. I get why you want to do it. But how do you guys have time for two to three leagues? That's wild. That's absolutely wild. I don't know how y'all got time for all that. I, I barely have time to even freaking watch these NFL games regardless. Um, but what I will say here, um, for this week, I would not go with Miles Sanders. I would not go with Miles Sanders. Um, Nick Buretta, I'm confident, though, we will win. Knock on wood. All right, I like your optimism, man. I like I like your optimism. Uh, Devin Colbeck, bro. I'm on four. Just got him on two. Dude, how do you have time for that? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, for real, I only have one. Uh, listen, Nick, I used to do fantasy. I was actually commissioner of a fantasy football league. I, I just after a certain, certain point in my life, I just got over it, honestly. And now I just don't have, I generally just don't have time. Maybe if I had a little more time, maybe I would do it. Um, I just don't have time to do fantasy football, and I and I don't want to do that half-ass because someone does. If someone's in the fantasy league and does a ha- does a half-ass job, it ruins it for everyone. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm just not going to do it. Last year to two though, that was my best. Okay, all right, I'm commissioner this year, but I'm giving over it to yeah. It's that's a lot of it's a lot of work, man. If you don't if you don't add a lot on your plate, then definitely do it up. But man, that that's just that's just way too much, way too much, brother. Uh, Eagles, Panthers. I think Eagles win 27, 27, 17. That's a good prediction. That's a good prediction. Uh, looks clean. I appreciate that. 
Thank you, man. I love this dude. It, it's funny because the Flyers obviously have Halloween colors, but it's uh, I, I love this man. I, I love this. This uh, I just need a good Union one. I don't have a good Union one. I got this this dumb yellow, which I don't know. That's right here. I got this yellow, but I mean the Union barely use yellow except for the Bayou kits when they use the yellow shorts, but. I can find myself a nice navy blue or a gold. I would love a gold sleeve for the union. That would be pretty dope as well. So if anyone knows, if anyone's got a plug, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Keith, you asked this yesterday. And again, I feel like you're just trying to rub it in our face because you're now a bandwagon Yankees fan. No, they are not in the playoffs. Uh, Robert Liner. Encourage after discussing recent malpractice. Okay. All right. We'll talk about Robin Liner yet a little bit later for my flyer fans out there. Let's get into it today, guys. Obviously. Since we last spoke on Oi and Philly Sports, uh, we were talking and previewing the uh, the Eagles versus the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, of course, I predicted that we would not win. Um, but yet again, what we saw in the last two weeks for the Eagles, we had an opportunity to win. We were in the game. We had, Again, it, it, it was opportunities to win, and yet we are not able to capitalize. Too many mental mistakes. Uh, coaching game plans just are completely flawed. Uh, and you got Jalen Hurts out there in his eighth start now running like crazy, trying to do everything to win, and it just makes no sense of why we are doing that. Um, I want to start with the offense here. Uh, a final score, 42-30, to 30, by the way, if you did not know by now. Um, but with the Eagles' offense, I thought the game plan, the play calling was still not strong. But you saw some good individual performances, and that starts with Jalen Hurts. I mean, he me, it's it. He still has his uh, his flaws with him. I still don't think he's as accurate. I still think he doesn't read the the field quick enough. Um, but when you're making Jalen Hurts throw the ball 48 times again, why are we doing this? Week three, he throws 39 times. Now this week, he's going over 40 times with the pass attempts. This is not this is not conducive for his development. I'm questioning Sirianni as a play caller, um, and I'm honestly questioning if he has that locker room as well. I mean, I've heard some stories. I want to talk about it here today. We, if you guys want to talk about, if you guys want to know what I'm talking about, go back to Burge Breakdown yesterday and some of the some of the the stories that have been put out there. But it just like if we're losing games. And it feels like it's because on coaching mainly, those are means of losing locker rooms. Now, it's too early to say that the Eagles, the Eagles locker room has lost Nick Sirianni or Nick Sirianni has lost the locker room. But it's just too many things that you're just like, what is he doing? You look like a rookie coach. Obviously, he is a rookie coach, but your job is to not look like that. 3248, 387 yards. That is a career high for Jalen Hurts as far as yardage goes. Uh, he averaged 8.1 yards up a uh, pass, and he had two touchdowns. He did have three sacks on 29 yards, but overall, 105 QB rating. I love what I saw from Jalen Hurts. I thought, to me, that was his best performance this season. Um, and again, it, when you watch Jalen Hurts play this year, he's just making plays out there. He's not the most he's not the most talented arm wise, but he's got the heart of a lion. And he does not care what the situation is. He's going out there to play a game. He's going out there to give it his all, flat out. Um, it, I mean, what else, what else can we say here about about Jalen Hurts? I'm I'm been really impressed of what I what I've seen from him. I'm um, just trying to make some plays. He did have eight carries for 47 yards. 
He's been rushing the he's been running the ball when he's had some uh, when he's been running into some trouble. Uh, obviously, the touchdowns that were taken away from the Eagles offense kind of killed some momentum, uh, but it was definitely tough. Uh, the Eagles, the main I think to me, one of the main reasons why we lost on Sunday. Look, the red zone is clearly an issue for the Philadelphia Eagles, and that has part in due of the play call as well. I don't feel like the play calls have been as strong in the red zone. But when you go to the red zone six times, you're only able to get three touchdowns where the Kansas City Chiefs were able to get to the red zone five times and got touchdowns on all five of them. That's a problem. You're going to lose those games. Now, obviously, we had two touchdowns that were called back because of penalties. That hurts us as well. Uh, but overall, I mean, at this point, I gave it. I gave it time. I gave it. I gave it some time. This team needs a power running game. Well, I mean, we need to run the ball in general, as you guys are telling me, and I agree with you guys. We need to run the ball more. I mean, between Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell, that's ten carries. It's not good enough. When it comes to Miles Sanders, he needs as many carries as possible. Now, obviously, I don't think he he had inspiring runs. Obviously, when you have 13 yards and you're averaging not even two yards a pop, that's definitely a little bit of a concern. His longest run was five yards. Thanks, man. But that does that does raise the question. I mean, Kenneth Gainwell, to me, he had his best game as an Eagle as well, and he's improving as the weeks go on. Three carries for 31 yards. But that's not it. Six catches for 58 yards right there. So he put so he put up over 90 yards of offense yesterday on Sunday. I'm sorry. Kenneth Gainwell needs more of a role in this Eagles offense. And that leads to my next point. What are the roles of some of these guys? Like to me, to me, Jalen Hurts needs to be treated like a game managing quarterback. He needs to be treated like a Russell Wilson. Any type of game manager you can think of, I think that's how Jalen Hurts needs to be treated. That's not a a, a hit. That's not a a diss on Jalen Hurts. Because again, like I just said, he made plays yesterday. But when when he's still a one-read quarterback, when he's still having arm issues, you need to be treating him like a, a game manager I'm not, I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts can't be a good quarterback in this league that's still that's still to be determined but why not make his job easier early on in the season I'm I'm leaning more toward Jalen Hurts is the guy more than not honestly and I would love to see what Jalen can do under a good game plan I would love to see what that would look like, honestly. And we didn't even mention the fact that this offensive line has been completely decimated from that week one offensive line. Uh, We're now missing four starters from that week one win against the Falcons. There's no Jordan Mailata. I don't know when he'll come back. I thought he would come back this week, but he didn't. There is no Isaac Seumalu. He's out for the year. There's no Brandon Brooks. Who knows when he'll come back. And Lane Johnson is an interesting story. Um, we don't know what's going on, but he did not play. And we'll see if he comes back next week. He got a in- knee injury from what it looks like, but it's still to be determined. Dale had to run a lot out of some of these plays. 
He was scrambling a lot. Look at Lamar Jackson back there. But that's that's the beauty of having a mobile quarterback, a dual threat quarterback, because he can he can he is like an ex, consider like an extra lineman, right? Because he's able to get out of it and he's able to make a play out, out of some of this chicken shit, as they like to call it. <laughs> uh, let's move the receivers. How about Devonta Smith? Man, wow, they, what a performance! His best performance yet as an Eagle. Seven catches off of 10 targets. And I told you guys before the game even started that you need to you need to be able to game plan around Devontae Smith because the Chiefs are were vulnerable to allowing big plays, were vulnerable to giving up plays to star wide receivers. Now Devontae Smith is not there yet as star wide receiver, but I truly believe he will get there. And that was a good performance. 122 yards. Uh, 37 yards was the longest play, and obviously we had that that touchdown that got called back. That was also a nice play there if he didn't get pushed out. Um, yes, he got pushed out. That was a bad call. Um, and like I said, you needed to try to run the ball, although the Chiefs' rush defense wasn't as terrible as it seemed on paper, on the stat sheets, and they still didn't do that. They still did not set up that run. And the thing is, you got a lot of young offensive linemen, a lot of young players on this team for you not to even try to run the ball. It just makes no sense. Zach Ertz with another big game. He looked inspired. He catches the first ball. It's a short, short game, but he's fired up. He's energized. He's trying to get the people going, trying to get the players going, and you love seeing that. Dallas Goddard with another big game, five catches. Uh, he had himself a touchdown. And again, he's proving me wrong. I think right now, if we're thinking about it, if you guys remember my take at the beginning of the year, I said that going into 2022, we're going to we're going to move on with one of these two tight ends. And as of right now, I think that's going to be Dallas Goddard. Straight up. Miles Sanders was active in the passing game, three catches for 34 yards. Uh, I just feel like he's frustrated. That was not, listen, that's not an, an entirely good game by Miles Sanders. But he needs he needs to see the ball more. I know it's I know it's frustrating, but that's just how Miles Sanders is. The more he gets the ball, the more he starts feeling it. It's he, it's actually like warming up for him, and then he bound to bit uh break up one play out. That that's just how Miles Sanders is. Quez Watkins with three catch thirty three yards. Why are we running those bubble screens to Quez Watkins anymore? Anybody want to ask answer that? You did it in preseason. You did it in week one, and you went away from him. You're not coaching to your strengths. You're not putting your guys in situations to succeed. These are things that you said you're going to do before the season even started. And we're not getting that. We're just flat out not getting that. Greg Ward, you might as well call him the, the clutch king. He, he's been getting some garbage time touchdowns. Uh, in this season, he did it in week three against the Cowboys, and he did it on Sunday against the Chiefs. Just a re- he's just a reliable guy. He's the most talented. He's not the fastest. He hasn't had the strongest hand. His route running is 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 sharp. It's not the crispiest of the bacon's, but he does what whatever you need him. Whatever you need of him, he gets it done, and that's all you ask for from Greg Ward. And it's great. So again, it's the same stuff we're talking about every single week. We're back here, um, and Jalen Hurts. I, to me, he said he put it out perfectly. They're close. I think the Eagles are close to trying to figure it out. 
Uh, to me, it's more on the coaching staff than it is the players. Uh, and it's funny because we are now at this different coaching staff. We have a whole new coaching staff, and yet we still have the same criticisms over this football team. Like last year, we knew that there wasn't a lot of talent on this Eagles team. But the coaching staff was not putting them in good situations to succeed regardless. It's not like this Eagles roster is absolutely garbage. I don't think that. I know it's not good enough. But you still have some things that you can relinquish. And they're just not doing that. I mean, the fact that for now, three straight weeks, Jalen Hurts is our leading rusher should do everything right there. That's not okay. And again, your quarterback scrambling to get out of out of trouble is not a running play. That's not a running play. And that's not that is not sustainable. That is definitely, definitely not sustainable. So to me, Jalen Hurts is still improving. And to me, we are going to hurt his development if this coaching staff doesn't figure it out. It's a long season. He's very he's strong. Mentally, he's strong, but he's not there yet. You gotta help him out. You have to help him out. The roles on the team need to be defined. Jail, even Jalen Hurts. What is what are the roles of both these running backs kind of game on Miles Sanders? Now I wanted to talk about Jalen Rager real quick. I realized that through what is it now? 20 games, we know Justin Jefferson is better than Jalen Rager. We know that. We don't need to we don't need to debate this. But I need I think as a fan base, we need to steer away from that. Because I do think that Jalen Rager can help this team out. Despite his his loss. I think that this he can definitely help this team out. And I see it on Twitter, right? I see I, I see what it is, you know, what it is you guys are saying. Um, but I, to me, Jalen Rager can help this team out. When he's in the slot, he's dangerous. Um, he, he can make some plays. I think that Sariani needs to implement him more into the game plan as well. And things that we were talking about. But I, I do think that Jalen Rager can have a role on this team. There's, there's speed on this team that includes with Jalen Rager. And I think that he himself cannot, and I don't know if he's doing that. I, to me, what I look when I look see Jalen Rager, and when I see him as as a person and the character that he has, Jalen seems to get rattled by the outside voices. You know, when you when you got fans sliding into his DMs saying he's not helping, they're not helping him in his fantasy, and he's freaking out, asking them to drop the Addy. He wants to fight these fans. That what are you doing? You're retweeting highlight clips on Twitter. What are you doing? So I think Rager just needs to he needs to take out the outside voices and just focus on the game of football. How about the defense, <laughs> the both sides of the team, both teams did not uh, did not punt the ball, but the Chiefs pretty much in every single stat offensively beat us in they had more first downs they had one more first down to us 
Um, the Eagles had more plays, but that's because the the Chiefs were able were more efficient offensively. If I'm being honest, 471 total yards, same amount of drives, more yards per play. They didn't have more passing yards. That's because I think the Eagles had more bigger plays. But Pat Mahomes, 24 30, five touchdowns. Oh my God, five touchdowns. 2016, I went to, it was my first Eagles game at the link that I went to. And I saw Jamison, Jameis, Jameis, Jameis Winston, Lamis Winston put up five touchdowns against us on that day. I was there live watching Jameis torch the Eagles defense. And now I'm watching. As as Pat Mahomes put put the put up five on us. Now Pat Mahomes is a good quarterback, but the Eagles defense could not stop anything. We couldn't even get in his face. We didn't have a single sack. I'm sorry, we had one sack by Josh Sweat. I remember that play now. Ah man. Jonathan Gannon talked today. To the to the media, and he talked about the defense, and uh, he talked about how he's starting to get impatient. Um, he talked about how he puts the blame on himself. And I, when I'm just when I see Jonathan Gannon calling defenses, I just feel like he's just calling a scare defense. And I know everyone, I know, I hear it. Everybody wants the blitzing, right? I get it, I understand that. But think about it, guys. You start blitzing on teams. Let's say he blitz on the Chiefs. Who's going to be back there to for for some for a security blanket? These linebackers can't get home quick enough. And now you're just leaving, you're exploiting your secondary even more. But that does not mean that you need to be the the team with the most zone defensive calls in the NFL through four weeks. You don't need to do that. I mean, the fact of the matter is, we kind of knew this going into the season that this defense had its flaws, but this linebacking core is worse than we thought. It's it, you can argue it's probably worse than last season, and that team had Nate Gary. Yeah. Um, Stephen Nelson is okay, and Darius Slay. I mean, Darius Slay and Stephen Nelson had a tough job of stopping Tyreek Hill. And that's why I don't like the that's why I don't like the zone defense, especially with guys like that. Paul Moore, man. I know you don't have anyone that's faster than Tyreek Hill, but just give yourself that chance. You're gonna face off against tougher receivers. I mean, this week you're gonna have DJ Moore, who's born on another level right now in his career. How the hell are we gonna stop that? A- Anthony Harris has been a disappointment as well. I constantly am seeing him chasing people. I don't want to see that. He's not Malcolm Jenkins, Jonathan Gannon. Keep using him as his hybrid linebacker as well. Rodney McLeod was back. That was good to see. And he's just and he's just trying to get his feet wet as well. He's missed, was it now, over 12 games? He's just trying to get his feet wet. That was a tough spot to put him in. But the problem is now is this defense was built with the defensive line being the strength and the defensive line being the focus of this defense. And now when you're looking at it, this defensive line is a weakness. Fletcher Cox, for the last six years, has been dealing with double teams out the wazoo. He's getting old. He's getting too old for double teams. 
Javon Hargrave has had has had a solid season this year. I think he could be. I think he could be better. But now on the defensive ends, you're not getting much from that. I think Joshua had a better game Sunday than he did against the Cowboys. But Derek Barnett is, man, I can't wait till he can leave. I'm I'm over Derek Barnett. So over Derek Barnett. Thank you for the Super Bowl year, but I think it's time for you to bounce, my dude. I think it's time for you to bounce. Um, and uh, Ryan Kerrigan has been a bust as well. Still early, but man, he hasn't done jack crap for this team. Fletcher Cox and Brian Kerrigan both have zeros in their stat sheets. It's a little bit of a problem, guys. A little bit of a problem. So this team, we have some things here that we didn't expect that would happen for the Eagles, but it is happening, unfortunately. And we just need to find a we need to just figure out other ways. You got to call other things, Jonathan. And unfortunately, with the personnel that we have, the defense, you might see more of what you're seeing right now. I, I know. I, I just know. The bend don't bend, but don't break is just not gonna work. I think you just have I, I just think honestly you have to be a little more aggressive. And you know what? Running the ball would help too for this defense by keeping this defense off the field. But what do I know, right? What do I know? So, oh man. Um, overall, you know, I wanted to talk about uh, Sirianni to end it with the Eagles and the Chiefs. Nick Sirianni needs to stop talking, and he needs his actions to speak more. I'm done with the whole cliches. I'm done with the whole motivation, motivational pep talks. I need Sariani to go out there and coach football games. That's what I need. He's actually like kind of contradicting himself a little bit as well. He made a quote today in today's press conference talking about how Fletcher Cox um, needs to be treated like a playmaker on offense. And with your playmakers on offense, you need to find a way to get them the ball uh, at any means possible. And he thinks that Fletcher Cox, they need to find a way to free him up. They need to call plays to free him up, to you. Use his strengths. Okay, that's fine. So then why don't you do that on your offense? You got two playmaking running backs. You got a playmaking wide receiver. He did have a good game, but you're not making call on game plans around these guys. So now Sirianni's contradicting himself. And that those are means for losing locker rooms. It's still early. It's only week four. We're heading into week five but we're not seeing positive things from the Eagles team. Not from the offense, not from the defense, and not from the coaching staff. Heck, not even really from the special teams. We still, I mean, we haven't really seen a lot from the punt return team, but we still haven't seen a lot of punt returns. And obviously, in kickoffs, to kickoffs in 2020 don't even matter. We should just get a, do, do away with it. Just do, you know what? Just, you know what they should do? They should do what the XFL did. I'm kidding, guys. That that's that's how you get concussions. That's it's 100 how you get concussions. But um, guys, it's 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 week five. It's gonna be a long season. Like I keep telling you guys, this is going to be a tale of two seasons. And I'm just waiting for that Lions game. That's all I'm waiting for. That's all I'm waiting for. But now we're on Carolina, and as this week goes on, uh, we'll preview. We'll we'll preview that matchup with the Panthers. I'll see if I can find someone that can help us preview this Panthers game. Who knows the Panthers a little bit better than myself, but. Uh, this is a winnable. These are all winnable games. The Chiefs game was a winnable game. The Cowboys game was a winnable game. The Niners game was a winnable game. You got to put away with the, the the mental mistakes. The penalties have been bad as well. They had nine penalties for forty nine yards on Sunday against a good team like the Chiefs, a veteran team like the Chiefs who have won the way the Chiefs have. You can't just have you can't have these terrible mistakes. 
it's, it's just it's just the reality of it. You cannot have these terrible mistakes if you are the the uh, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll see what happens against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I'm hoping for a good performance by our boys, but uh, it's definitely going to be tough. It is definitely going to be tough. What's up, TikTok? Y'all got to stay here. I'm done rambling. I promise I'm done rambling, guys. You guys can can fire away with your comments and your questions. Uh, Devin Colbeck uh, got two chip rosters this year. Tell, um, bring me my money, Devin. I don't, I don't do the fantasy footballs, but I, I, I'm hoping you do well, and I'm hoping you win your league. So, shout to you, Devin. Uh, Sports Clips Portal. Uh, free hurts. <laughs> free hurts. That's right, man. Free hurts. Game's back. Game. I thought you didn't like me. And you, you were asking questions. I appreciate that, Gabe. Hurts or Jones? Uh, hurts. By all means, hurts. Gabe, hang around a little bit more, man. I don't know why you don't like me, brother. <laughs> Baker season six. Super Browns winning the Super Bowl. I hope you guys do. I wouldn't mind if the Browns win the Super Bowl. We got ours. I think you guys deserve yours. Go to the Browns and shout to Chef Zay. If Chef Zay is out there, y'all tell him. El Parcero sends him, sends him love, man. Oh, God. Carson's Carson is uh, is showing some hate here. Yeah, Carson, it's not the worst thing the Browns win a Super Bowl. Brown, oh Baker, no, you just you just lost points there. You want the? Okay, you think you're gonna meet the Cowboys in the Super Bowl? Come on now, come on now. Uh, Eric Harris, go Harris. Uh, live with CDP. What's up, CDP? Red Sox Dodgers win the wild card. Oh, I missed those. Damn man. Red Sox. Well, I'm glad the Yankees lost. And who the Dodgers beat the Giants? Who they beat? Uh, oh, they beat the Cardinals, right? They beat the Cardinals. They beat the Cardinals. Uh, Hurt, but Jones is a close second. Yeah, Hurts is better. Kyler Murray is better than Hurts and Jones as well. Browns versus Cardinals Super Bowl predictions. Uh, it'll be interesting. I see. To me, I just don't trust Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think he's the guy to get the job done for the Cardinals. But uh, I I do think uh, that could be potential. Kyle Murray uh, MVP. I could see that happening as well. I could definitely see that happening as well. But um, I just I don't know if the Cardinals will make. It. I think the Cardinals will be like a top two seed. They might get a bye week, but I just don't see them winning the Super Bowl. We shall see, CDP. We shall see. Uh, well, let's move forward here with Philadelphia and the other team that played on Sunday. Um, they were up against the Columbus crew, and I'll tell you what, guys, right off the bat, this was the best performance by the Philadelphia Union all season long. They played off against a good Columbus crew team who were starting to feel themselves. Columbus has been dealing with, you know, injuries. They've played a lot of soccer. They've had Champions League, a lot of call-ups with their teams with, with international play, um, and they came they came in with some momentum after beating uh, Cruz Azul in the Campeones Cup on Tuesday. So coming into Philly, they had some momentum. It's always a tough team. I think they had one of the best players in the MLS in Lucas Alarayan. And um, the Union took it to them. They beat them 3 to nothing, and they were down a man. It was 11 on 10 for about 25 minutes, and it was a very inspiring performance by the Philadelphia Union. Started in the 24th minute. Uh, in the Union of the first half, they were imposing their will. They had more opportunities. They The attack looked fluid. Um, and Jack Elliott from a 30 yard free kick was able to get this ugly low kick to get past the wall and to go into the net for the early one, nothing lead for the Philadelphia union. Um, and the union just did not let up there in the beginning of the first half. 
uh, on a counterattack, and this is where the Union are most dangerous. When that counterattack is working, you're screwed. It's like the Sixers last year on those turnovers and, and that that quick uh, in that quick transition. Sixers are dangerous. Same thing with the Philadelphia Union. When they get those turnovers and they get on that quick transition, that's when they're in those counterattacks. That's when they're the most dangerous. Uh, Alejandro Bedoya started off the, the counterattack and he was able to find Casper Shabilko, which he was able to get it back to Alejandro Bedoya. Ali with a great run and he put it past Evan Bush for the 2 0 lead. And then in the 65th minute, that's when things started to get a little bit dicey. Kai Wagner got his second yellow card, which led to a red card, which led to him getting exp, uh, exp, um, he got kicked out of the game. And he's obviously going to be suspended for the next match this Saturday against Cincinnati. And now the Union were left with 10 people with 25 minutes left. I was nervous as crap. All right. Because that is a situation. 2 nothing lead is the, the is the least safest thing in sports, especially in soccer. And with Columbus crew, with the power that they had offensively, they could have easily gotten those two goals. <clears throat> but this is where I say I give credit to the Philadelphia Union. Andre Blake was absolutely spectacular on the day. Uh, I think 10 minutes later, they were awarded a penalty kick inside the zone. And Andre Blake was able to just stone that one. He's so good on those penalty kicks. It's crazy. I think he's had uh, three or four blocks on those penalty kicks thus far this year. And I don't know what it is, um, but he, he I, I don't know if it's just that he studies the tape, but he just knows what to do when it comes to those penalty kicks. And he just flat out stones him every single time. And he, to me, he put on an absolute clinic, yes, on Sunday. The reason why we won on Sunday, in my opinion, was obviously the play of the team. I thought that they played uh, inspired uh, and they were the best team for, for, for 90 minutes. They were the absolute better team uh, against Columbus. But Andre Blake really kept them in the game. And it was, it was honestly, it was, it was inspiring to see. He had himself uh, six blocks on the day, uh, and man, I I don't know what to say about Andre Blake. He he's he's the goat. He's flat out the goat. Uh, we could talk about Ring of Honor. We could talk about statues outside the soup, but my God, was he absolutely spectacular? Uh, Leon Flock was able to get uh, his first goal as a Philadelphia Union player in the closing uh, in this injury time of the second half. And the Philadelphia Union would win three to nothing against them, which now they are in fourth place. But they were in third place after that win. But Orlando was able to beat DC, and now they are in third place, which leaves us in fourth. But man, oh man, what a performance! But and look, this is now a four-game unbeaten streak that the Philadelphia Union are on. They're starting to figure it out, and they obviously most of this year. Champions League in the back of their mind. And that's definitely something that was distracting them. I, I truly believe that. And now they can focus on the MLS and they can focus on getting better for the MLS Cup playoffs. And hopefully they can make a run. And I don't care what seed that they are in. As long as they can get this attack down, I'm, I'm going to be excited and I'm going to be ecstatic heading into the playoffs. Now, this week is going to be tough. You, we have six players who are going to be because of international play and suspension. There's going to be no Andre, which we just saw what he did against the Columbus crew. He's going to take Alvis Powell, who also had another good game against the Columbus crew, which it, to Jamaica. Uh, no Jamiro, no Mbizo, no Gazdak, no Ed Brujo, and Kai Wagner 
will be heading uh, to suspension for that red card. So you're going to be without seven starters on Saturday night in in Cincinnati. They'll be at their new stadium. New, we'll, we'll we'll give we'll get the first eye of Cincinnati's new new stadium. I, I've heard it's beautiful. I heard it's a very modern soccer stadium in today's uh, soccer world. But we'll definitely get to see that, and of course we'll preview that uh, later on this week. But that's definitely a, a big, 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 big loss there. Big loss. So we'll be facing off against Chris Albright's FC Cincinnati next. Uh, but for the Union, man, they are the best team in Philadelphia by all, by all means. They're in, th- they're in fourth place of the Eastern Conference, and they're starting to figure it out. Now, obviously, the playoffs is going to be the real true test here. The real true test. So, Sounds good, EDP. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, all right, let's move forward here to the Philadelphia 76ers, ladies and gentlemen. Last night, we were in Toronto, guys. We were in Canada. Hey. Canada A. <laughs> First of all, I'll say it's shouts to the, to the Toronto fans. That's going to be tough watching your team play in a different market because of COVID. That was so weird seeing them in Tampa, but now they're back, and we were at we were able to play in in the first game in Toronto. I guess you could say uh, after COVID, but the Philadelphia 76ers lost the game. Uh, a 127, uh, 123-107 loss to the Toronto Raptors. It wasn't a good one. Honestly, it was a sloppy game. We were without Joel. There was also no um, Tobias Harris as well. No Charles Bassey. Obviously, Charles we, we, who's Charles Bassey, right? Uh, obviously, Ben Simmons, of course. That's that's no new news. But uh, we did see Seth Curry. We did see Andre Drummond. We did see Danny Green, George Niang, and Tyrese Maxey as the starting lineup here for the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, there are some things that caught my eye. Now, look, what I'm about to say, I want to, I want you guys to remember, this is preseason basketball. Preseason basketball. Do not take this. I don't know what it is with you guys, but when there is preseason sports, you guys get wild, riled up. I know it's been a while since we've seen um, us, our teams play, but guys, it's preseason. It doesn't matter. Preseason is there for your team to get acclimated, to get back into it, knock that rust off, get your feet wet, get that chemistry brewing early when you have some new, new pieces. You're not winning anything by winning preseason games. So just don't overreact. So flat out, don't overreact. Um, I did notice some things, and I, and I think it was kind of like, it was kind of expected. But defensively, uh, it's going to be tough without Ben Simmons. And that, again, that, that goes by, we should have saw it coming, right? But, hmm. It it just flat out looked really freaking sloppy, honestly. It it really did look sloppy. Um, 123 points that you allowed up, but the perimeter defense was definitely slacking. Um, the transition defense as well. We really miss Ben Simmons there with, with without without him in leading the charge. He leads the charge on the transition offense and the transition defense, and we truly missed him on on uh, on Monday night there. Uh, Toronto put up uh, 223 points. They were 50% from the field, 44% from the three-point line. Uh, so that perimeter defense was definitely missing there as well. Um, they did they the 
the Sixers defense also uh, did allow 22 turnovers, but they did give up 18 turnovers. But that type of stuff is something you should expect from preseason basketball. There's going to be a lot of sloppy play in general, um, but you definitely expect that. There's 16 steals by the Sixers to, uh, to Toronto's 11. So that just tells you everything with the sloppiness. But when you watch it like man on man, there was the defense definitely wasn't was not up to par. Um, Andre Drummond to me, he obviously got the start. No Joel Embiid, and, and expect that. Expect that a lot next year. When you're trying to preserve Joel Embiid for the playoffs, Andre Drummond was the perfect signing for this, and this is why I love Andre Drummond, and I and I think that Drummond is an upgrade from Dwight Howard. If Ben Simmons was here, I would say that this team is better than last year's team, but the fact that you don't have Ben Simmons here definitely hurts, but. Drummond is a, as an upgrade from Dwight Howard, and I loved what I saw from him, especially early in the first half. He looked he looked dominant. He looked persistent. He looked aggressive as hell, um, and he finished the night with 19 points. He led all Sixers in points last night, but he all looks much more slimmer. He really looks slimmer. He looks the slimmest I've ever seen him in his career, and I think that's going to be big for him. But have, being able to have a, an Andre Drummond, someone who can start on most NBA teams, as your backup center or your interchangeable center, that's huge, guys. That is absolutely huge. And I'm excited to see what his role is continuing on the season here. Super excited to see all that. So uh, Drummond looked really good. Um, what else? Point guard is definitely going to be a concern going into this season. I mean, that goes without saying. But I just, to me, I don't want Seth Curry playing point guard. I love him at the two because I, I, I feel like for him, when he's open and those shots are there, he's got to take it. But I know on the pick and roll how dangerous he is, and off the and off the dribble as well. But um, I would hope that we can find an option there at point guard. Last night, I did not feel too confident with Maxi and with Shake Milton as the, as the point guard. Um, but still, still to be determined there with those guys. But uh, with with Maxi, I just felt like he did, he really didn't didn't just play his game. Honestly, I thought he was trying to force too much. He's to me, he's not much of a facilitator. I think he is more of a guy who's going to get his own shot. He did have three assists. He finished with ten points. Um, but I think right now, if I'm thinking about it, and this and this is things that I've said this before, even before last night's preseason game, I think Maxi's better suited coming off the bench as the sixth man. Coming off the bench, I think that Shake Milton should be the starter. I think Shake is someone who can create more for others. Um, and you know, when he's on, he's on. So I would rather see Shake Milton start there over Tyrese Maxey. And I know you guys love Tyrese Maxey. I hear it. I, I know what you guys think of him. But I think that we need to remember that Tyrese Maxey is a player who's going into his second season in an increased role. Last year, he did have a limited role with his team. So let, just let his development happen. All right, just just let it happen. Danny Green didn't see too much time, and honestly, I don't, I don't think he's to play too much preseason. We know what we have in Danny Green, and flat out, that's another guy that I would load match because I need him in the playoffs. We saw what he was, what we were without Danny Green in the playoffs last year. It wasn't good. It really wasn't. We missed that defense, especially on the perimeter. I know he's not a stud perimeter defender, but he gives you something. And he's someone that can help space the floor for you as well. So I need to keep Danny Green. Um, I need to keep. I need to preserve him. I just flat out need to preserve. Him. It wasn't the best outing by George Niang, but I think his role will be as a four and a five. He's going to fill in for that Mike Scott role, honestly. Uh, and I think that he's an an upgrade from Mike Scott. 
because he gives you that that stretch ability that Mike Scott just didn't get give you. No, Mike Scott ain't no bitch as he used to say, but he's just not that talented, guys. He just isn't. So I don't know how this offense is going to look. I think offensively we'll be okay, but defense I'm a little bit more concerned about. Um, Grant really looked pretty solid yesterday. He saw some time late in the game. Um, could he be a guy that could see some time in the rotation? I, I, I mean, I, I give it, a, give him the opportunity, right? He give him the opportunity. He made the most of it. I saw some spurts from him in the, uh, in the second half when he went in there. Um, but I, I'm curious. I will we'll keep an eye on that. We'll see what more, what more he can do. You guys know me. I love Isaiah Joe. He had a good game yesterday. He he had 18 points. Um, he was four of eight from the three point line, five of nine from the field. Uh, those are some good numbers. Now, to me, he's the one guy on this team that is not scared to shoot the ball, and that is a good thing. I I do I have seen that that shooting motion become a little bit quicker, and that's the thing that he needs. That shooting motion was not quick enough for the NBA last year. I think it, it improved upon, and I think he's a work in progress, but. The fact that you have an Isaiah Joe, a Shake Milton, a Matisse Thibel, a Tyrese Maxey, uh, we'll see, a Paul Reed, we'll see what uh, a Jaden Springer can do. He got himself 12 minutes in this game, and you saw his ball facilitating and his defense on on the, on the night. Uh, and I'm curious if he's going to be able to get some time this year as a 19-year-old rookie. But you're seeing this youth actually help this team, and it's kind of crazy to think about you know especially we were been trying to get rid of all these at these young kids that we've had on this team but uh isaiah joe i'm hoping he can have a role with the team i would love for isaiah joe to have a role on this team going forward this season as a shooter off the bench uh paul reed man uh dude i love me some paul reed he's active uh i think that he can be a versatile defender as well i think once he builds out in his body and he gets acclimated in the NBA, he could be one of those guys that can go one through five. I really do believe that. Um, he's better of guarding up high on pick and rolls. And he's he's definitely getting he's building out his body a little bit more. And I want to see what his role is with this team. I want to see him uh, as much as possible on this team. Uh, I hope he becomes that third string center for the team as well. Um, and shooting is going to it's going to get there. He had two attempts and he knocked down a three. He was two seven from the field though, um, and I think he's going he's going to be a work in progress. So, not not a lot of good. We saw. I mean, it was more bad than good. But of course, you know when you're out two of your star players, that is what's bound to happen. Toronto's is it's I'm curious what Toronto's going to be this year. It's it's interesting because they're one of those teams that they can either have a really good season, right? Or they can go the opposite way. They got some good young players, Scotty Barnes, OG, uh, and, and Awobi. You got Fred Van Vliet. Van Vliet. Uh, you got uh, Pascal Siakam. So they got some good young talent, but we'll see how it all comes together. Uh, but for the Sixers, uh, still a work of progress. You know, and we and we expect that, you know, especially without Ben Simmons, you're trying to uh, acclimate yourselves um, to this season here. And, it, and it's and it's absolutely going to take some time. But um I just want to honestly I just want to continue seeing more of these young kids. I want to continue seeing what they can do uh, more and more. So the next time we'll see the Sixers uh, in preseason ball will be at eight o'clock on Wednesday. Uh, I'm sorry, on Thursday, and they'll be facing off against the Pelicans. Um, and I believe it'll be a, a home game for them this time around. So we'll we'll see what happens on Thursday, and of course we'll talk about it. And I'll give you guys my my notes like I did here to.
day. But before we move forward off the Sixers, I wanted to talk about the Ben Simmons situation. So the update today. Oh, okay, so <laughs> so the fines continue. He got fined, I believe, 200K yesterday after missing the preseason game. Um, he's not. He's adamant that he's not going to show up. And the latest today, he put up his penthouse suite or his bachelor pad uh, that he had in Center City, uh, Ritz Carlton, up for sale. I think it's worth three point one million dollars. Um, and that that's that's nothing. He is he swears that he's going to be out here. He's going to be out of Philadelphia. And he's he's willing to sell his his pad, and it's funny because apparently he owns a house in Morristown as well. And it's like, where were you in Jersey? <laughs> like, what? Where was Jazz in Jersey? It would make sense to live in Morristown if you're a Sixers fan because you know Camden is there, um, and more more times out of the week you're going to be in Camden than you're going to than you're going to be in South Philly. So I it'd be interesting. I, I, I that would make sense, and that would make sense if you're a Sixers player. And get just to go a little bit off topic. I think that the Sixers, if they're thinking about a new stadium, move them to Camden. Why not? It's right over the bridge. You have all the space in the world. I'm sure they can find some empty space in Camden to open up that stadium. And it's and you're having they want and in today's NBA, you need your own stadium. I think these days of sharing arenas with hockey teams, you know, you saw the NFL do away with it. You know, all these NFL teams steered away from sharing team uh, sharing stadiums with baseball teams. NBA and NHL should do the same. I'm hoping the MLS one day could stop sharing stadiums with with NFL teams and MLB teams for that matter, NYCFC. Uh, but I, if they're thinking about a stadium, consider a can. Why not? Why not? I know so many people get weirded about that, especially with the Philadelphia Union. But anyways, I, I digress. But today we had some more um, trade rumors. Uh, apparently, the Pacers are back in the picture for Ben Simmons' trade. And Karis LeVert, has been put into some of those trade rumors. Look, if we're being honest here, and we're talking about a trade with Ben Simmons for another player, I would be willing to get a Kyrus LeVert or a D'Angelo Russell type of player in return, but there needs to be another role player in there, someone that can come off the bench and add some spacing to this team as well and can play a little defense, a little 3 and D guy. So I'm okay with that if they're willing to throw. So like if, the, if for D'Angelo Russell, I'm okay with that if a Malik Beasley can get thrown into that deal as well. Something like that. Everyone likes to say, what are you saying? Ben Simmons is value shit, dude. What are you talking about? Dude, Ben Simmons is still a talent. Like, he's a bonehead. We know that, but he's still a talent. And all he wants to do is get the hell out of Philadelphia. So just take them and give us a point guard and give us a good role player as well. I don't understand why that is so complicated to understand for some of these basketball. There was an actual Timberwolves fan on Twitter. I know Twitter is it is what it is. It could be a toxic and dumb place. But someone was like, there's no way that we would straight up trade D'Angelo for Ben Simmons. You give us a piece. You give us Tyrese Max, you will make that move. What? Are you wild? Are you out of your skull? What the hell? Some of these basketball fans, I swear to God, man. I swear to God. Uh, but yeah, so that, that's where we're at right now with Ben Simmons. His house is for sale, and we're 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 getting some more trade rumors. So that's positive, right? That's some positive. We just we just flat out, we just want Ben Simmons out of Philadelphia. It's it's not that complicated. It's not that complicated. What's up, TikTok? What y'all got? 
Uh, M Carrillo998. What's up, bird gang? Damn straight. Let's go, birds. Let's go, birds. Uh, GP, GPD World, do you listen to WIP? Absolutely not. That's a trash uh, station, but if you listen to it, you know, that that's on you. Respect. And, uh, you know, it's your life, but I would rather... I would rather listen to uh, New York Sports Radio than listen to WIP. Um, Anthony V111, do you consider yourself a Ben Simmons hater? Anthony, if you've followed me over the last four years, or actually the last two years since I've done Sixers coverage, I've never been a Simmons hater. I've been a Simmons supporter. At this point, there is nothing you can do to make me support Ben Simmons. He has acted like a, like a spoiled little brat. He has done a, de a, a detriment to our basketball team. And now you can call, if you want, if you really want to call me a Ben Simmons hater, I'm okay with that because I'm over. I'm over. I want Ben Simmons out of here. I do not care. I do not care. I just want him out of here. Um, Ha, ha, ha. Funny TikToks. Kenny Paquette for Heisman. I don't watch college football, so up for that. Uh, Franklin BMX. What's up, man? How you doing? Welcome to Wayne Philly Sports, brother. Welcome to Wayne Philly Sports. What's happening, guys? What's happening? Uh, Rafael, what's up, man? Hey, what's good, Parcero? This this Sunday should be interesting about Panthers versus Eagles on, in Charlotte, North Carolina. That is right, Rafael. We'll be facing off against your Carolina Panthers. We'll be in North Carolina. We'll be previewing that game later on this week. And it should be very, very interesting. All right, let's move on to the Philadelphia Flyers here, ladies and gentlemen. They, too, as well played in a preseason game. They got a win over the Boston Bruins last night at home. Uh, I believe it was our last preseason game at home before we get into the this regular season. I'm ready for it. We kick off in 10 days. 10 days until Flyers hockey. Let's go. Oh, I'm so juiced for it. I'm so juiced for it. Um, right, So it was a win. It was an overtime win. Um, but here's what I will say. The Flyers struggled against an AHL squad. The Bruins brought down a lot of AHLers to, to Philadelphia to face off. It's a little bit concerning when you consider what the Flyers put out, that they struggled against an AHL team. That, that does not really give me much hope. And the lines that they put out there, it was mostly guys that we're going to see on October 15th. Now, Closure, I believe, was a late scratch. Um, but you had Coots, you had Konechny, JVR, Faraby, Limbaum, all of them were starting in there. Um, and the Flyers struggled a little bit. I want to start off with and Nicholas Ube Kubel. What is he going to give us this year? I've seen spurts from Nicholas Ube Kubel, and I'm like, hmm, okay. Can this guy be the third line winger for us and, and produce for us? And there's time where he disappears, but last night he was active. Um, and I'm curious, and, I, and I'll bring this question to Flyers fans. Like, what do you guys think about Nicholas Ubekubel and what his ceiling could be for this team? Um, and also, real quick, I wanted to give a big happy birthday to Nate Thompson. He he had his birthday today. So happy birthday to one uh, Nate Thompson. But uh, I'm curious about Nicholas Ubekubel. Uh Keith Handel uh, caught my eye, and to me, he's going to be the steal of the offseason for the Flyers. We didn't even sign him for a million dollars for a one-year deal. And hit him as the point man is going to be great. He's going to be your third-line third third, third, third D -line pairing guy with, with Justin Braun for the most part. 
He's going to be out there on the power play. We've seen him a lot on the power play. We saw the Flyers goal off a of power play that Keith Yandel with a beautiful no-look pass to Sean Couturier to find him wide open, and Coots was able to rip that pass. Uh, I'm blanking on the goalie's name, but for the Bruins, Shea Law, something like that. Uh, but I, I'm excited for Keith Yandel. I'm so excited for Keith Yandel. To me, again, steal the offseason. He's going to be big offensively and, of course, defensively, but as well, just better leadership that we definitely needed uh, for this team. I'm loving Keith Yandel. Absolutely loving it. Carter Hart had an absolute great game yesterday, guys. Um, you know, we're going to continue as the season goes on. Just look at Carter Hart and we're going to critique him uh, and see if he's in fact back. But in this game, he went 24. He had 24 saves on 25 shots. Now he's he's been like this all preseason long. Again, this was against an AHL squad, but he looks comfortable. He looks like he is back. Obviously, we will make our full um, critiques on opening day against the Vancouver Canucks. But overall, I love what I saw from Carter Hart. Uh, some good individual performances, but it's definitely a little concerning when you're struggling against the Boston Bruins. Um, tonight, we're going to go up against the New York Islanders. It's funny because we're actually playing in um, New York. or I'm sorry, in Connecticut. Uh, it won't be in New York. It will not be in Long Island. It'll be in New York. Uh, and so it's weird that they're playing a game out in, in Connecticut. I don't even think it's in Hartford as well. I'll have to double check. Uh, but um, Elliot, uh, Elliot uh, I'm, I'm gotta, I gotta pronounce this right. It's not the Soiners, the Soy, the Soyer. I think that's how you say it. I'm saying it incorrectly. Um, but Elliot the Soyer had himself a, a solid game yesterday. He was active out there. Um, but they, but some breaking news actually here. Um, some cuts have been made after last night's game. Um, the Flyers have sent back to to the Phantoms: Samuel Aronson, Logan Day, Samu Tumala, Mason Millman, Mac Maxime uh, Shushko, Wyatt Wiley, Max Willman, Ma Matthew Strome, and then Elliot Desoyne has in fact headed back to Halifax. Uh, which you know that that he, he's still young. He's definitely still young. Um, so. But it looks as if the Flyers have narrowed their roster down to 34 men. I'll go over that real quick. 21 full of forwards: Cam Atkinson, Nicholas Ube, Kubel, Derek Broussard, Connor Bunyaman, uh, Jackson Cates make the made the roster. Good for him. Uh, Sean Couturier, Joe Faraby, Tyson Forster, nice Morgan Frost, Claude Giroux, Claude Giroux Travis Konecki, Scott Lawton, Oscar Lindblom, Gary Mayhew, Cal O'Reilly, Isaac Ratcliffe, Jermaine. Uh, Jermaine Rupstaff, uh, Lion Sandin, Nate Thompson, James Van Riemsdyk, Garrett Wilson, our 10 defensemen. You got Justin Braun, Adam Clendenning, Ryan Ellis, Linus Hogberg, Ivan Provorov, Rasmus Rustalainen, Travis Sanheim, Nick Steeler, Keith Yandel, and Kim York actually made the roster. I love that. Let's go. Yeah, you guys know I have some big, big hopes and big um, goals for Cam York this year. I hope he, uh, by the end of the season, he is starting alongside Keith Yandel on a third line pairing. Um, but that's good to see. And then your three goalies: Carter Hart, Martin Jones, and Felix Sandstrom. R.I.P. 
Alex Lyon. <laughs> but that is going to be your roster. So I'm trying to find the roster for today. Bridgeport, Connecticut. So we got Derek. So this is today's roster for today. Uh, Derek Broussard, Gary Mayhew, Scott Law, and Linus Sandin, Nate Thompson, Cal O'Reilly, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Rupstaff, Tyson Forrester, uh, Jackson Cates, Nicholas Ube Kubel, Isaac Ratcliffe, Connor Bunneman. So a lot of uh, AHL guys mixed with Lots, Thompson, um, Cates, and Nicholas Ube Kubel, and uh, Bunneman, and Ratcliffe as well. Uh, and defenseman Adam Clendenning, Travis Sanheim, Nick Sealer, Cam York, Justin Braun, Rasmus Ristolainen, uh, and Linus Hogberg with your goaltenders tonight. You got Felix Sandstrom and Martin Jones as the goaltender. So that's that's what's going to be tonight against the New York Islanders. Uh, we'll see what we get out of there. Um, you just want to see the Flyers get done this week without any injuries, please. That would be very, very nice. Um, there's an interesting story coming out of Vegas. Robin Leher, if you or Liner, if you don't know who he is, um, he's a backup goalie for the Golden Knights. He came out with a story. Apparently, Alain Vigneault uh, was giving out, um, what are they called? Uh, pain relievers, and endorsing it. Essentially, look, I don't think that we should be dismissing the story. I know he's our coach. I know we love AV. But it doesn't mean that AV is perfect. I, I really would not. It wouldn't go past me if Vigno was advocating this type of stuff. It really wouldn't. Um, but again, this the story is still developing. Liner Liner definitely came out with, uh, with some acquisitions for more than just him. Um, but there was another tweet by Daniel Carcillo where he said that Vigno was one of the best locker room guys that he's ever played with, I guess, or coaches he's ever played with. Um, so it's an interesting story. I, I wanted to bring it up because, again, it is interesting to hear what was being said. But, uh, again, we, we have to wait and see more of what's going on. So interesting stuff happening with our Philadelphia Flyers. Hopefully we get ourselves a win. Uh, a dilly dilly 33-21. So wild card is tonight? So that's my understanding. The wild card is tonight? All right. All right. Well, go, go Red Sox. Sorry. I don't know who to root for. I hate the Yankees. I hate Boston. I don't really hate the Red Sox, though, so I'm going to go Red Sox. All right, let's end today with the Philadelphia Phillies. I know we don't want to talk Phillies, but today we did have our closing press conference for um, Bryce Harper. Uh, I'm sorry, Bryce Harper, for the Phillies. Bryce Harper's comments were very interesting today. Uh, we've heard Bryce Harper in the past become his GM with Phillies, essentially, you know, wanting Chris Bryant, wanting JT Romuto to stay, and such and such like that, right? <clears throat> he advocated for Brandon Kinsler, who obviously didn't really do much this year for the Phillies. Now Bryce Harper's stance is very interesting, and it's fun. It's funny because Bryce is actually starting to agree with me. Now Bryce came out and stated that he believes that this offseason the Phillies need to stop spending money on players. They need some homegrown talent, from what Bryce Harper was saying believes that they need to build they need they need young kids they need some dogs out there now although i do agree with bryce harper that in order to do that that requires some losing in some good negotiations to get some prospects in here and the other problem is this farm system how many prospects have we ruined 
Spencer Howard, Scott Kingery, Alec Bohm is on his way to that as well. The list goes on and on. Last night I, before I went to bed, and if you guys don't follow Secret Base uh, on on YouTube, you're doing yourself a disservice. But they put out a video about the collapse of the Phillies in 2011 when they lost to the Cardinals in, in the first round. And just the players that they lost after the team and the trades that they made and the return that they didn't get, that they didn't get anything back for. You're trading Victorina, trading Hunter Pence, trading J Roll. They got nothing from those guys, from that great team that was at that, those got those, uh, those late 2010, late 2000, early 2010 Phillies. This farm system is a true. I don't know how you fix that. I mean, to me, when I look at this team, I know they're not that far away. I mean, think about it. They were in in it this season up until game one fifty nine. Was it? Yeah, they were up until they were in it until one fifty game one fifty nine. They got eliminated. This team, I think, needs a new shortstop. Figure out what you're doing to third base. You're going to go with Alec Boehm. Find someone behind them. I mean, if you want to bring back Ronnie, that's fine. But I think you need to replace Freddie Galvis. I love Freddie, but he, I need more of a bat there. And I would love to get rid of Didi. He's got one more year on that deal. If someone's willing to take that on, I'm down. But he he was, I think he finished this year with around a 200 batting average. It's not good. He's definitely, he's definitely hurt. So we need a new shortstop. Figure out what's going on third base. You need a left fielder. I guess they're going to keep O'Double. You need back end pitching in your starting rotation. You need you need to re up this bullpen as well. So you need a lot. This offseason is going to be very interesting. And the thing is, Dombrowski's here. There's no way Dombrowski's going to blow this up. There's no way that Montgomery and Co. are going to blow this up. They're going to go for it. I do think that, you know, Bryce has a point. They need dogs. I think they can find that, though, in free agency. I think what they need to do, they need to go more of a money ball approach than going. It's, a, it's like they're so contradicting of themselves, the Phillies. They talk about this analytics, but they don't build like an analytic team. Go find players who are cheaper, who can come in here and produce. Use those goddamn analytics. You don't have to spend $22 million on Andrew McCutcheon to play left field for you at the end of prime. End of his career, I should say. He's I think he's done. I think he's done. But we'll see. We'll we'll keep we'll keep covering this this uh Phillies offseason as the offseason goes on. But it's it's going to be a tough rebuild here or, or retool here for the Phillies. And we'll see what Dombrowski has up his sleeve. Uh <laughs> Steelers five five three man. I, I I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't do not think they'll make the playoffs. No, I think the Ravens and the Browns are better than yous, and I think the AFC West is now going to put two teams out there. Yeah, I I don't think so. I'm sorry, Steelers five five three. Uh, but guys, that's going to do it for another episode of Oyen Philly Sports. I'm going to rebroadcast this around eight o'clock tonight. If you guys missed it, I'll put it out there. But it'll also be wherever you stream podcasts as well, from Apple, Google, and Spotify. Um, tomorrow we'll be back at, uh, hope we'll be talking about the Sixers, uh, um, as a, no, we'll talk about the Flyers preseason game. Uh, we'll keep previewing the Eagles upcoming as they prepare for the Carolina Panthers, uh, and whatever else news that we got tomorrow. 
So guys, do me the favor. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you guys hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. Um, and if you could, please, if you listen to this podcast, do me a favor and subscribe to Oi Philly Sports wherever you stream podcasts from Apple, Google, and Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I go by El Pesero Philly, and I'm telling you guys to enjoy your day. I'll talk to you guys soon.